racking up strikeouts. He's got 15 strikeouts for Flackney in this game. He's got regular down. That's strikeout number 16 for Tyler Flackney. This ball game is over. And we're the best goddamn football league in the country. We're the best football, the best football league in the goddamn country. Period. Cheers. Welcome to season two of the HRL Touch 'Em All podcast. I'm your host Stash, joined by my co-host Sanchez, who is here for another season. How's it going, Sanchez? I am good. How are you doing, Stash? I'm doing pretty good. How's your off-season been? Long, very long. Definitely got the whiffle itch, um, and I'm not... I think we've probably probably talked about it in prior episodes how I'm not really a winter person. Like, I'll go out in the snow, I'll walk around, but I don't, like, have a winter activity outdoors that I enjoy, really. So this winter has been especially boring and long for me. Yep, yep, and I completely agree with you that this winter just seems like it keeps on dragging on. And I'm just ready to start the season up. And it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. And it might be getting pushed back. So hopefully we start on time. But uh, in the meantime, we have these podcasts to keep us going and keep us interested and whatnot. So it's almost just as good as playing wiffle ball is listening to our podcast, <laughs> I'm sure. But you don't listen. Exactly. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but today's uh, guest that we have on is uh, Pooh Bear of the Baby Cakes. Pooh Bear, how's it going? It's going great. Appreciate you guys having me on here. Looking forward to this. Yeah, no problem. How's your winter been? Uh, just like you guys, long. Uh, I'm headed out for vacation to Cabo in a couple weeks, and I wish that was tomorrow instead so I could avoid oh, this snow. That, that sounds that nice. Sounds really good, actually, yeah. I can't tell you how many coworkers I've had. Like They're just sending photos in randomly to our email, our group emails. And it's like, yes, we're in Cozumel this week. This is when we, what we decided to do this week. And it's like, oh, our spring break is Monday and we're going to go to Kansas City and it's going to rain there. I'm still excited. I still want to go to Kansas City. Yeah. Getting out of Minnesota is always a nice treat. Are the twins still going to be there? Are they going to be done with their series by then? Uh, they will have just gotten done with the series. So they play on Sunday and we'll get there Sunday evening ish sometime. Gotcha. So unfortunately we'll miss that. Otherwise I would have, would have gone to the, to some games for sure. All right. So let's get this podcast kicked off with our first question of the week. And that is what's your favorite Girl Scout cookie? Richard as the guest, do you want to take this one? Sure, I'll go first. Um, I don't know if they're still called Samoas or if they changed that, but uh, that that definitely was always my go-to cookie. Uh, little coconut vanilla cookie with some chocolate, and yeah, that's that's money right there. I believe delights, it's though? it is caramel delights, but I think I've heard that it's also regional. Like some some areas have switched it to caramel delights and some are sticking with the old name Samoas, but uh, I hundred percent in agreement. That is the best girl scout cookie for me as well. See, off to a good start already. <laughs> Bat in a thousand. That, that one was a close second for me. 
God. Are you a thin mint guy? Are you just like run right of the mill? Give me a little chocolate with a hint of mint. Hot, hot take here. Lemonades. Oh, nice. Wow. Yeah. We have, so, we have a box and a half of those at our house. Yeah. My kid loves them. Yeah, they're, they're very good. Um, but the Caramel Delights were a close second. Put those in the freezer. Oh, so good. Uh, I ordered from a few different folks that we know that have kids doing it. And one, shout out to HRL alum, Cheesy, Larry. His daughter sells, so we bought from them. And uh, I just told him, give me a box of um, Thin Mints, a box of um, Lemonades, and then a mystery one. And he gave me something called an Adventureland, which is like a really hard fudgy cookie with caramel and like a hint of sea salt. And that was pretty good. It's not as good as uh, the Samoas, but yeah, it was still good. Really good. Yeah, we went to the original pancake house for breakfast last week and there are some girl scouts selling the cookies there and they actually have a gluten-free variety now and so my fiance got some of those for her and her daughter and uh i should pick some up for dr seuss as well so they're getting more creative at where they're selling it and the place that i bought it was at a brewery just the greatest place to sell girl scout cookies oh yeah drunk drunk people it just genius We would used to have them roll through our bowling alley back when I bowled in a league a few years ago. They had like a Wednesday, random Wednesday night about 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock at night. They'd just come through with a box of like a case. And they'd go through two, three cases at the O'Flaherty's. Yeah. But, That's brilliant. All right, Pooh Bear, let's get to know you a little bit. Uh, tell us how you got into the league first. Sure. Um, so... I'd actually been watching from afar for a few years uh, back when Spoon and Dr. Seuss and Palpatine first joined the league. Um, I'd even joined those guys and and played some backyard wiffle ball with them a few times. Um, I actually know Spoon. Uh, We went to middle school and high school together, so I've known him for a long time. And Jolly Red Giant, Elway, Dr. Z, those are all former Reds. They were also high school classmates of ours. Um, but eventually those other guys had to move away or they weren't able to commit to playing full time. And so Spoon and Seuss actually approached me during the off season right before 2009. And uh, we were out at the Red Dragon in Minneapolis. And I remember it vividly about how they kind of approached me and asked me if uh, I wanted to join the Reds. And I was just so ecstatic that they'd finally invited me to join. And I was no longer stuck on the outside looking in. You know, I, I never wanted to be that guy like, hey, hey, guys, can I play? Can I, you know, right? So, and, and now here we are, you know, 15 years later, and they haven't been able to get rid of me. So, there you go. <laughs> well, when you win- How many super boozy drinks at the Red Dragon did you end up consuming in celebration? Uh, I don't remember much of the rest of the <laughs> night, so I'm sure plenty. <laughs> enough. Yeah, you had enough there. That's good. Yes. It was, it was an awesome night. Well, when you win two cups with them, it's kind of hard to tell you to no go go away. So <laughs> glad they kept you around. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Uh, tell us how you got your nickname as well. Sure. So that actually took a few years, and there were kind of a few errant attempts at nicknames along the way. Uh, so at first, it was going to be Jawbreaker. Because in my rookie season, we were playing against the Expos, 
And I was running so hard around third base that I slipped and fell right on my face, right in front of them. And they were all laughing and they decided to call me jawbreaker. But for whatever reason, that didn't stick. Um, and eventually there's people that started calling me Dick Krabs because my, my name is Richard Crab. Thanks, mom and dad. Um, and, and there are still a few OGs that call me that. Uh, but my actual Kmart. Name, Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's a that is a Kmart nickname written all over it. Hundred percent. And then uh, my actual nickname happened rather generically. Um, after one of our game nights, we went out to Applebee's for post games, and I always get chicken fingers with honey because I have the palate of a child. Let's be honest. And when the plate came out, there was only one honey packet, and so I asked the waitress for some more honey. And she kind of laughed and said, oh, aren't you just a little Pooh Bear? And immediately all my teammates are pointing at me and laughing. And it was obvious from then on that my nickname was going to be Pooh Bear. That's an awesome story behind the nickname. That's much better than just showing up and having someone hand it to you. Like, you will be deemed this. (laughs) It's it's, it's always better to find out that there's some sort of story behind it. That's good. Right. Yeah. So what year was this that you finally got your nickname how many years have you played do you think i've been playing four or five years because a lot of people just knew me as richard right because yeah right and i think it was probably not till 2014 maybe that i got that nickname so almost five years so on your your jerseys or your jerseys like what name were you getting on the back were you just putting crab for your last name uh we actually didn't have any names on our jerseys we only had numbers for the longest time so that's a very communist take on it no one has a no no individualism. You are, you all should have had the same number too. Right, we're we're the Reds. Come on. All right, and then how about your favorite HRL memory that you've had? Yeah, without a doubt, it's winning the cup in my rookie season. Um, we were up against the Red Sox. That was the year that the entire playoffs was Wiffle and. Uh, the Red Sox had beat us in the first game, but it was a double elimination tournament. So it was a deciding game too then. And Tugboat was pitching. And I went three for four with a walk, of course, because that's how we do. And uh, I did hit an RBI single off the fence that scored Spoon for the one nothing lead. And then Palpatine drove me in later that inning for a 2 nothing lead. And then Spoon, in the top of the sixth, gave up a moonshot home run to Martini. That is still the longest home run that I've ever seen. Uh, But luckily for us, it was just a solo shot. Uh, So we ended up winning two to one and took home the cup. So that, that was awesome to me to be able to join this team. And I did not have a good rookie season. You can go back and look at my stats. I don't think I even batted 200. But to be able to come through in the clutch... In, in that game was awesome and there is video footage on the facebook page to prove that it happens and i just rewatched it the other day and that's so much fun that's one of the great things about this league is is that there has been so much and continues to be so much video footage and, and other ways to capture the game so yeah well, i'll give you a little recap here your 2009 regular season you batted 191 with yeah. four home runs then yeah. it came time to turn it on, and during the playoffs, you you a nice two ninety six clip with one home run. So well, there you, go. You, you showed up when you needed to, right? I, you know, I I had obviously good t- 
teammates to coach me along the way. Spoon is the best wiffle ball player I've ever known. And uh, Palpatine and Seuss are not too shabby themselves, obviously. So so going off the World Series here, uh, your team has been in the past three World Series and yep. has not been able to crack it. Oh, um, for three. And that's with the Baby Cake's new name change. Uh, is that maybe a reason why? Or what do you guys need to do to get over that hump and win the cup? You know, uh, 2020 was a weird year, shortened season. Um, 2021, we took it to game seven, thought we had a good thing going. And last year, it was quite an adjustment because we had basically two MVPs that left our team. Um, but then we added Hondi, and he was just such a natural fit. And we came together as a team pretty well. Um, but we weren't able to finish it off. So I think this season... Uh, we probably just need to give Seuss a little bit more rest because we really rode him hard last season. He pitched basically every other game. Not quite, but he pitched a lot. And we're not young whippersnappers anymore. So um, it'll be good to give him a little bit more rest. And I think it also helped just having another year for all of us as teammates to gel. Um, I think it'll be fun to watch Hondi as he continues to blossom, both as a hitter and he's already a damn good hitter, but we're also going to have him pitch more this season and see what he can do there. Okay. And for Hove, he really came into his own as an elite pitcher during the playoffs. Um, so he's just going to continue getting better because he and Hondi, they're the young whippersnappers. So we're kind of relying on them to really elevate their games. And then Palpatine, well, he's just indestructible, right? <laughs> he's such a great hitter. He, he rarely ever strikes out. Um, so bottom line, I think we all just need to get more comfortable relying on each other, trusting each other. And I think we can take it to that next level then. Yeah. And I will say Egan this year seems like they've, uh, vamped up their, uh, entire city. I, uh, you got the Braves who looked good last year and then added Scrabble's buddy, uh, Sanchez. Yep. Do you know anything about him? Obviously I think he played baseball somewhere, right? Yeah, he played baseball. Was it done? At, was it at Luther? Um, yeah. Somewhere at that level. Uh, but he played four years of college ball. Uh, he was a catcher. <clears throat> I think he won a state championship for their high school level. Uh, I think his senior year. Uh, his name's Mitch and Mitch K. Right now, we don't have a full nickname for him. We haven't decided on that yet. Uh, but funny story. Uh, I was at Diamond Joe's a couple weekends ago. Um, watching some basketball and playing some craps. And uh, this guy comes up to me and introduces himself. And he's like, hey, I'm Mitch. I'm your new teammate. <laughs> and uh, I reckon, then I reckon, yeah, he had been down there for a weekend with some buddies watching the, the basketball tournament too. So um, it was just kind of funny. So we just got to actually meet each other and talk to each other for a little bit there. And yeah, seems like a really cool guy. Nice guy. And we're going to do a few more meetups before the season because, uh, I think it's weird to just like meet your new teammate at the field right. day one, game yeah. one. But you know, sometimes that's how it goes, and that's all you can do. But right. then I was going to yeah. go off of uh, with Egan being better. Is that nightmare now is on the vibes? Nightmare came back. Um, you got the Space Cowboys and the Cyclones uh, branching off and creating their own team, so that you got a little bit more youth there. 
Um, it just seems like Egan is now taking that next step and might not be rolling over as much as um, in, in, in the cities, in the city, uh, inner city games. So just uh, coming out first, <laughs> first pot of the year, just taking it to us, huh? Uh, yeah, I, I'll, I'll keep on doing it. Yeah. Well, the the inner city standings will will show us the true the true test here. Yeah. But um, I mean, to be fair, we only won twenty eight games last year, and Hopkins won seventy two. So yeah. we do have some work to do. Yeah, I I mean, with how everything is looking and how the off season kind of shaped up, I definitely think Egan's making is going to be a lot better than what they were last year. I That's, I think they're going to be marginally better. <laughs> I mean, that's all I'm going to say is like. Uh, if we won 28 last year, maybe we're going to get up to like 35. <laughs> only only seven games? <laughs> yeah. Hey, man. New teams are hard. You get a lot of newbies in there. It takes people a little while to to figure it out. Right. And I mean, the cycle is like new, though. Uh, not all of them, but like at least three of them are going right. to be new. And then who knows how often guys like T Mac and uh, McGruber will be available. And so you got some some folks like that but like go t- we'll talk to the wahoos here in a while but like they're probably still figuring it out and they're pretty darn good and, and they just added uh the wish as well yeah yeah so they've even got like the the veteran on their team to show them the way and sully what he did with the space cowboys i don't know any of them right Yo, see, so we'll have uh, to some, see what the level is there. Some batting Yeah, they could secretly all be former minor league players, and, and we don't even know it. And they're just going to freaking destroy table, the entire league. Right. <laughs> 100% possible. Yeah. Feasible, I'm not sure. But possible, yes. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's get into that talk a little later uh, when we do the division draws or whatnot. But let's go back to uh, the winter meeting recap. Um, in my mind, this winter meeting was above and beyond anything that we've had in a while for a winter meeting since we've probably been at Glucks, Glicks, whatever we want to call it. In downtown. Glicks, yeah. Because um, I think the past two years have been nothing's been voted on, no new rule changes, nothing too drastically different. And this year it definitely seemed a lot more interesting in my mind. Yeah, there was a little better social aspect and room Um like literal space for us to be in too. So that helped, I think like, um, yeah, I, I, I think it was a, a good step in the right direction for making the winter meeting a, a more of an event that people want to be at. I'm not saying we need to find things to vote on just for the sake of voting, but it's good to have a spot where every team can have uh, a say in the discussion versus you get on a, on a place like the message board or, or Twitter or even discord and you get six people talking at the same time about the same thing. And it feels like this huge movement. Right. But then when you bring in, you know, the other hundred people in our league, it kind of, you know, levels it out and there's some more back and forth versus just like, yeah, we need to do it this way. Oh, there might be some other guys who have different points of view. You know, right. so it's just a nicer, it's a nice way to go about things. I think. Were you there? And an excuse to break up the long winter. True. And you also were a part of that with uh, the end of the year banquet, which was awesome for a good breakup as well. Yeah. I'm hoping we can make that an annual, an annual event. Yeah. 
probably tuck it in a little closer to the end of the season so that <laughs> when we announce the awards, it doesn't, there wasn't like a two month gap, but right. it still worked out well. Yeah. I think it was a brilliant idea and I think we should keep it going. So thanks for spearheading that. Yeah. Already looking for this year's venue. Um, just to try to make it bigger and better. Yep. And I would love to get even more retired HRLers to come back and hang out and intermingle and maybe get the itch again and think about coming back into the fold. Right. You never know. I love that idea. Uh, another big part about the winter meeting was uh, we had three new Hall of Fame members. We had Beardface. We had spoon and we had d all voted into the hall of fame this year so first time in two years is that right that we've had a- yeah i i think it was two years because yeah. there's no one was voted in last year when we did it at shaka people and two years ago i remember they had some a video made up for jay skis yep yep um I, where were we at two years ago two years it was ago, on was zoom that? Oh, with just Zoom. Yeah, that's right. No, last year was Zoom. Two years ago was uh, the Tav. Park Tavern. Really? I thought so. Okay. Park Tavern Wait. was 2020, right before the pandemic hit. Uh, yeah, and then the next one would have been on Zoom. Yep. Yep. All right, but... So that was great. Got to see the video. Got to have Spoon uh, actually video conference in. So that was cool to see and talk and hear his story. Um, uh, Seuss giving the speech into it. So that was great. Uh, nothing. I was for gonna me. say, um, may we all someday have someone go up and talk about us as like lovingly and passionately as. Dr. Seuss did about Spoon that yes. night. Like he, he obviously was championing championing the uh, the push to get Spoon in for years now, and um, you could just see how happy and proud he was of it. Yes. So that was kind of a cool moment too. Yeah, yeah, it was just an awesome moment. So fun to see Spoon finally get inducted into the Hall of Fame. So well deserved, and yeah, Seuss was riding high. He even got all dressed up for it. Yeah, yeah. Um... Nobody was able to talk about Beardface. Obviously, we just had the stats or whatnot, so we just had had the rundown there. And then D got voted in by the Hall of Fame committee. So um, I will say, since I was on that committee, our whole reasoning behind that was because of everything that he's done with the league, with the whole website. Um, We felt like that was deserving enough to get him in, and especially on year 20, we figured it would be the perfect time to celebrate it and and he's a former commissioner yep he did the, the commission role for a while too yep. so uh i was hanging out with him that night and um i don't believe anyone told him that was happening he yep. seemed very shocked <laughs> and um very humbled by it so That's... that was that was also a cool moment yep we we were told to keep our lips sealed for that and it turned out perfectly nobody he didn't have a clue so it was awesome yeah, it was a really cool moment just to see him go up there and, and just kind of the, the shock and, and just the the joy. So that was awesome. Yeah. Uh, other things that we did was vote on new rule changes. Um, we voted to keep the speed limit at 63. And then we voted down the play at the plate rule. 
uh there was three or four different variants uh nothing changes for that so um they were actually pretty lopsided for votes if i remember correctly yeah i'm actually surprised how convincing each vote ended up being i mean neither vote was even close yeah i I feel like the play at the plate wasn't presented well enough for people to really do that and when you have four different options to choose from you're going to get a widespread of votes too so that's not going to help the case right and from my perspective i didn't really see a need after 20 years to make a special rule given the rarity of plays at the plate i mean obviously collisions can and do happen and it was terrible what happened to was it jordy uh Um, that was rounding third was it okay Yeah. yeah But at the end of the day, you know, it's kind of a fluke thing to have a collision at the plate and, and hopefully it'll never be anything serious. But, you know, I, I know Palpatine on our team, you know, injured his knee coming across the plate once. But it was that because of just, a play at the plate or because your yeah. uh, boxes were so deep that you guys just don't fix them? Uh, hey, hey, no, hey, no. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, like, oh, maybe it had rained a little bit and the plate was slippery. No, <laughs> but I gotta, no, no. I got to go. No, no, he took a nice yeah, dig yeah, on Egan. Yeah. That's okay. A dig? I see what you did there. Uh, uh. <laughs> so there was some discussion, like pre-meeting discussion that was happening kind of through email with the, the team captains about that. And I was kind of in the same. My side was I didn't know this was an issue to begin with. Um, I didn't know someone had gotten hurt on a play at the plate and really I, this is going to be my 20th season. And I really don't remember that many times there being too close of calls where someone was, it looked like there was going to be a collision or someone was going to get hit. I'm sure it happens fairly frequently. It's probably just something I don't pay attention because you're like, Oh, that was a close call. But you know, he left over that row of chairs and he's just fine. So no, no big deal. Um, but what I did kind of mention to Huck is, was that, you know, if this really is a safety concern, I don't know that I want the league to even have to vote on it. I would feel like the, the, the league office should say, you know, we're seeing an issue here. We can see a way to not get guys hurt. So we're going to we are going to make a change, help us figure out what the best change is. So I could see if it was presented that way, maybe in the future, we might have some more um, traction on making a play at the plate thing happen, but it may even come down to where we can't sit in the rinks. You know, I know a lot of people have talked about that turn at third base, those, that area along that, that foul line is pretty tight. And if you've got eight guys on your team and they all have lawn chairs and there's a couple coolers and there's a speaker and there maybe is a dog, like there's a lot of commotion going on there to try to make a 90 degree pivot you know, in the heat of the moment trying to score. So it, it could be something as simple as we just, we, we got to stand outside the, the rink or figure yeah, something my, else out. I don't know. My thing is whenever I sit on the, along the lines, I'm always past the ba- bases. So that way people rounding aren't in the way. Um, I, I feel like that's the easiest solution is just go beyond the infield, go sit in the outfield, um, yeah, it's a longer walk to home plate, so be it. It's ten, it's ten steps, mm-hmm. if that. So, um, not yep. that big of a deal. I know that I've talked with some people, like even last year, um, and they're just like, "Ah, oh, no, that's all right. We'll we'll be fine." And then, 
Well, I know in like in Sky Hill, we don't have that option along the lines because right the the lines get so tight they they intersect eventually with the wall. So right. But luckily, that area has a much wider space between the two fields and yes. the fall ground. So the, hopefully, the, you can tuck in. Yep, the taint is definitely a lot bigger there. I was going to let you say it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then uh, the other thing about the winter meeting was the division draws. And the divisions are all named after Hall of Famers besides Truck. Truck is the only one. Don't know how that all got decided on. And um, the divisions are based off of who played in what city the most. So J-Ski, D, and Spoon all played in Egan the most, while... Beardface, Joe, and Tugboat all played in Hopkins the most, so they're all uh, named after the current Hall of Famers, which I think is awesome. Yeah, that's cool. I think in the past we've had them named after former players before, too. Obviously not enough to have enough Hall of Famers to have them, everyone, but um, yeah, that's it's a nice shout-out. Yeah, I'm a big fan of it. It's nice to honor the Hall of Famers that way, and it, it obviously made it easy for us to decide which division to be in when Spoon is one of the options. Yeah. So, And it keeps our history nice and rich and for other people to learn it without really diving in either. So um, I, I, I like when people can learn about our history as a league, seeing that we are on year 20. And it just blows my mind that this league has been around for 20 years and is thriving, shall I say. I think so <laughs> it feels that way we just added two more teams so and it, it's a healthy 24 teams that we have it's not yeah like this is it's... no longer a bunch of teams that just have three or maybe four guys like we've seen in the past this is like you you go into any one of their rosters a random roster and it's almost at least all of them are like five deep right and most of them are are much more than that. So I haven't done a full count yet of how many are projected to be in the league yet this year. But, you know, yeah. I never thought in year five, one, that we would get to 20 years, or two, that I would be on a Braves team that had eight guys on the roster. So and that's crazy to me. You and Chop still being OGs. Yeah, and there's only eight of us left, pretty sure. Yep. Assuming everyone from last year comes back. Yep. But let's get into what probably everybody listening wants to hear about is our division predictions. Um, We're going to start off with our Egan side and then move our way to Hopkins. Um, And specifically, let's start with Pooh Bear's division. Uh, In this spoon division, we have the Baby Cakes, the Cyclones, the Trash Pandas, and the Hops. Uh, who do you guys have as your division winner? I will go first on this one. Uh, I am going with the Baby Cakes. I don't, no offense to the Hops or the new Cyclones or Trash Pandas, but uh, it seemed pretty clear to me uh, after having been to three championships in a row that they are probably the team to beat in the Spoon Division. I appreciate that, and I'm going to second that. I think that we're going to take the division. The Hops certainly have a good roster, and if Sheryls and uh, the rest of the guys are able to get there every week and be a little bit more consistent, then they certainly have a shot. But um, I I like our chances. 
Yeah, I, I completely agree with what Sanchez was saying. When you've been to three straight World Series, how do you not pick them as the division winners? So um, I'm going to third you guys. And then in the D division, we have the Yankees, the Vibes, the Bears, and the Braves. You want to kick us off, Sanchez, or do you want to end it? I'll end this one. All right, go for it, Pooh Bear. All right, I'll kick us off. Uh, this is the toughest division in Egan, and that might be part of the reason is that Baby Cakes, we were on the first teams to choose the division, and we chose the Spoon division. And like you guys said, for good reason, I think people wanted to avoid us. And so you end up with you know three really good teams in this division with the Vibes, Braves, and the Yankees. Um, I know that the Yankees are kind of a OG squad and haven't really broken through but um, they got old Yeller back and they got a smaller squad now, right? They've always kind of had bigger squads and it's, it's a lot more difficult to get in your rhythm when you got seven, eight guys batting, but they only got five guys now. And Rocket is probably one of the best hitters in this league. And so if he gets more at bats like that, they're going to be, they're going to be trouble. And then you got the Braves, which were already good last year. And then they added another minor league baseball player to their roster so they're definitely going to be uh, a difficult draw. Um, and, you know, then you got the vibes, right? And you got Nightmare coming back over from Hopkins. Uh, they did lose the wish, uh, but they replaced him with Nightmare. So they, they definitely got a strong team, too. I think I'm probably leaning towards the vibes just because they've gotten to the Egan City Championship the last couple of years. Uh, but the Braves definitely could get there too. Yeah, and I'm right there with you. I think it's a two-horse race between the Braves and the Vibes, depending on if the Vibes want to face the Baby Cakes. We'll see what happens with that. Um, Otherwise, the Braves win. Um, But I think I'm going to have to stick with the Vibes. When you have Nightmare, if Nightmare plays like how he did last year with the MVP-type year, um. I think the vibes could easily pull away from here. Um, with the Braves, the only issue that I see them having is, like Sanchez was saying, you guys have eight guys on the roster. So if all eight guys show up, you're in the Yankee-type situation where you're batting that many people. So you're not seeing the at-bats for your top hitters. So I'm going to go with the vibes on this one. Uh, tradition dictates that I pick my own team. Uh, I have to have the confidence that we are going to rise up and win the division, especially since it's named after my good friend, Dean. And uh, as far as our large roster goes, yes, um, I'm less worried about all of us showing up versus you never know what flavor of Braves team you're going to get. Like the Braves team you say you see Thursday will not be the one that shows up the next Monday because we have a bunch of those this year. So, yeah, it's going to be kind of a, a grab bag of Braves players that show up for games. So, But I think we're going to get through that, and we're going to take the division, followed closely by the vibes. All right. And then the last Egan division is the J-Ski division, and there we have the Lugnuts, the Space Cowboys, the Marlins, and the Rough Riders. I guess I can take this one since you two took the, the other two. Um... I'm probably going to go with the Rough Riders. Uh, I feel like they are a more consistent team, but I think the Marlins 
if they can figure out a good pitching lineup, I think they could compete. Um, I know Yak was pitching last year. He was pretty decent. Um, if Shipwreck can figure it out. And then Schnugens is their other pitcher, correct? Uh, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. So if When they... his arm allows it. <laughs> And or when his arm allows it, or the roster dictates it. Yeah, and I think Pablo pitches a little bit. So if P- Pablo can have a good sophomore year, I think they could be a good contender with the Rough Riders. But um, with the Rough Riders, in my mind, being more consistent, I'm going to have to pick them as my division winner. Yeah, I can't argue with you there. Rough Riders jump out to me um, just with some of the the past success that some of the core of that team has had with Hayter and Yager and, and Hal. Um, they've also got the mix of the, the young guys too with Keeks and me So I think this is the rough riders division to lose. I don't think they will though. I think they're going to win it. Uh, this division might be more of a question of um, how many wins do the lug nuts get this year? Like, can they double their, their total? Their uh, their not just season total, but like their history total. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the this division is probably the most wide open of the three divisions in terms of, you know, if the lug nuts, it, all these teams are fun teams, and and any of them I think could come out of nowhere and take this division. The Space Cowboys, we literally know nothing about, and so I'm not going to count them out. You know. And the Marlins, they got some good veteran guys on their team. Rough Riders have obviously been there, done that. So I think they're the favorites. Uh, and the Lug Nuts, you know, probably not as much, but you never know. So, Right. So that was a clean sweep for us in Egan besides the D division where Sanchez picked his own team. So I think we're all in agreement there. I think this next one over in Hopkins <laughs> – is going to be the toughest yeah. one. <laughs> I'm uh, curious to see if you pick yourself. We'll see. So this is the beard face division. This is the grasshoppers, the rubber ducks, the Mets, and the blue wahoos. Um, I will say this division rivals last year's division with the grasshoppers, the rubber ducks, the rumble ponies, and uh, the Americans, where they all finished above 500, and the grasshoppers took it but everybody else was just right there, right behind them. So um, anybody want to lead us off for this one? Sure. Um, I, in terms of the Hopkins division, I think this is the toughest division to decide. Um, like you said, all four very good teams. The Grasshoppers, you know, they are all good hitters, and then they added a, another terrific hitter uh, by adding Babyface but they lost nightmare. And so pitching might be a little bit of an issue. And then you look to the, the rubber ducks and uh, they added some really good hitters in peanut and two bat. And uh, you know, again, pitching might be a little bit of an issue there, uh, but they do have stash and, and uh, two bat can be a good pitcher too uh, when you can find it. Um, the blue Wahoos, they're young, they're, you know, got a, a year underneath their belt now, and I think they're they're going to be upward and coming. And then you got the Mets, who, yeah, they lost Mippy, but they, they they still got Taco, JC. They added Thunderson. You got Charwell Docks. I mean, good players there. But I think at the end of the day, um, I, I'm probably thinking that 
actually the rubber ducks are going to take this division. Done silence. God, I'm, I'm <laughs> oh, nice. I, I, I love it. I can't argue with you there. It's a, a good recap of all the division moves. Um, you could probably throw all four names in a hat and pick. I actually consider doing that. Part of me wants to pick the Blue Wahoos just for, like, the shock factor. And just, you know, if they happen to win, I can say, see, I knew it. I was right. And when they don't win, then no one will remember. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I, I am going to go with the Grasshoppers, I think, in this division. Um, they, they're going to try the brand of HRL ball that... Um, didn't get me very much success in my earlier years of just having a team that hits the hell out of the ball and doesn't pitch it all that effectively every time, but can get by. So uh, I'm going grasshoppers. All right. And for me, I'm going to piggyback off of Pooh Bear by saying that the grasshoppers, the rubber ducks and the blue Wahoos all have a solid number one guy for a pitcher, but all have question marks for the number two pitcher who's going to pitch, uh, who's going to step up to be that second in rotation, or is there going to be more of a committee where it's just going to be seeing who works out? Are we going to just do throw whoever in there to see what works? While the Mets have a solid three pitchers, um, but maybe don't have the bat power like the Wahoos, the Rubber Ducks, or the Grasshoppers have. So... The Mets are the pitching team, while the other teams are more of a hitting-based team. So that that's what makes this division really interesting, is that there's just question marks surrounding every team, even though that every team is good. Uh, there's just not one team that stands out. So I don't even know, honestly. I, I'm going to have to go... I'm thinking Grasshoppers. Um, I think if Smallpox can be their number two, for a couple games he's a good pitcher as long as he can figure out what 63 is um and then they're also going to try and do or have cakes pitch um to come in and fill in so um it, it, it's really tough i honestly thought about asking google and yeah <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just gonna go with the grasshoppers um all right, then the Joe Division. Joe Division, yep. We got the Millers, the Twins, the Ponies, and the Aces. I got the Aces. I got the Aces. Yeah, sorry, rest of the Joe Division, but uh, Aces. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I mean, it's pretty, pretty. The whole team came back, right? Uh, besides yeah. Babyface, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Babyface left, but. But they right. added uh, their other friend, Billy. Um, who played for the Dodgers a little bit a few years back, and he was at October Wiftoberfest and played okay. on my team, and I can attest to the fact that he's a very good hitter. Well, that sounds right. <laughs> I mean, hey, I'm pulling for you, Rumble Ponies. Uh, what, what about the Millers and take Twins? Take it to them. I, I hadn't gotten there. And, and, and you too, Millers and Twins. <laughs> yeah, I, Shock I, I, the world. Yeah, I, I I think the ponies are going to be second here. Um, it, it's just tough not to go against the Aces, who lost all of two games last year. 
and then being put in the division that they are, I, I don't see them losing. Unless they just get bored. I don't know. I mean, do you get bored? I don't see that happening. <laughs> no. God, <laughs> no. <what> I, thought. <laughs> I mean, the same thing kind of happened with the Aces where they were in the first teams to get to pick a division. So they, they joined the Joe division and then nobody else wanted to to get into that division. And I don't blame anybody for that. <laughs> yeah, they, they avoided the grasshoppers and rubber ducks. I see how they went. <laughs> so are you saying that we need to change how we pick divisions and do it from a season standing in reverse order so the lowest seed gets to pick first? Um, I wouldn't say that. I've always been a fan of keeping the division you're in and building those rivalries within your division. Obviously, <clears throat> with the off seasons, you see a lot more movement than you probably did than the earlier years, so that would be really tough to keep teams in divisions to keep them together and whatnot because you got the people like the Wades who, who jump from team to team and start new teams, so it's just really tough that way. Um, or recently, Nightmare's been on four different teams in four different years, I think, so... That one's really tough, um, but yeah, it, it, with how much movement there is and um, no repercussions on creating new teams or whatnot, um, I don't, I don't think there's a good solution to divisions anymore, besides draws. Yeah, and it's just one of the quirks of our league that it's the hand of fate, you know, kind of comes down at the winter meeting, and right. you might end up in Hopkins East or you might end up in, you know, the easy path. Right. Right. And I think that makes the winter meeting a lot more exciting and a lot more dramatic. And I think it's a lot a reason why a lot of guys come to the winter meeting is oh, for yeah. specifically the division draw. So, yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, I guess the only way that you could really do it is if you kind of had like a lottery system. Maybe based on how you were saying, Sanchez, where the lower tier teams have a higher percentage of getting picked right away. So that. Oh, yeah. Like, but the team that finished 20th has far more shares in the bucket than like the team that finished seventh. Yeah. Right. So there's still a chance, but um, I think that would be the only way that you could really even it out, per se. But. Nothing we need to, to do with tonight. a random number generator. True, true. But yeah, nothing like Sanchez was saying. Nothing that we need to fix today. Nothing like I. I don't think it really needs it fixing. It's just something to talk about. But yeah. And then our last division is the tugboat division. Uh, we have the Blue Sox, the Chihuahuas, the Americans, and the Mariners. For me, with the moves that the Chihuahuas made this year, um, I find it hard to go against uh, that team. You know, they had the success without facing Mippy, then they added them. Um, so I think that they are going to take the tugboat division. Yeah, I'd concur with that. Um, there are they were already up and coming, and then you add Mippy to the team, and and that yeah, that puts you over the top. Americans are certainly up there, and if Jet Plane comes back and is a full-time player he's a difference maker too um so i'm not saying that it's a shoe-in for the chihuahuas but they're definitely my pick yeah 
and I feel that this division is actually a lot closer than most people might think. Um, everybody's on board with the Mariners, and they always make these strides at being better. But then at the end of the year, you always they're always hanging around that 500 mark. So is this the year that they finally break out and get over that hump of being um, a better than 500 team? And then with the Americans, as Pooh Bear, as you were saying, if Jet Plane comes back, is full-time, can adapt to the uh, 63 speed limit, because I don't think he's been around for it. Um, he is an elite pitcher, from what we've seen, and a very good hitter. And then I know that their new guy, um, who is their new guy? Um, I've seen him in Trent's League. Ben. Is it Ben? Yeah, Ben. Yep. Um, he's a really good hitter too. Um, kind of has like a Bryce Harper type swing in my mind. Um, so if the Americans can put it all together, I think that they could compete for the division title. But I'm on board that the Chihuahuas take this with adding Mippy and Face. Um, now whether or not they're gonna go with the three man rotation. Um, Face made some great, um, or was great at the end of the year last year for us for pitching. And I think if he wants to, I think he would be a solid number three behind Airbud and Mippy. Well, all right. There you go, folks. You heard it here first. Yeah. Don't well. even need to play the games. That's how it's going to happen. <laughs> the way too early predictions. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone want to take a, uh, a guess who comes out of, out of Wiftoberfest? Not Wiftoberfest, Wifflepalooza? Oh, God. I'll go Mets. And it doesn't have to be each city, does it? It doesn't. Uh, Mets and Vibes. That's who I got. Oh, God. You put me on the spot here. That's tough. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't prep you guys. I'm no. sorry. <laughs> I wasn't even prepared for this. Right. Oh man, it, it's it's tough not to go against the Mets if the Mets don't win it. I think one's going to come from the Beard Face division, um, but don't sleep on the Ponies because Ponies are a dang good Palooza team along with the Americans. Yeah, um, there definitely seems to be like I don't know what you call it, like a just a wiffle palooza day. Like there are certain teams that can grab that magic of the day and just run with it. And, you know, youth probably has something to do with some of it, but um, yeah, I, I very much don't want to play in wiffle palooza for the fact of like five wiffle ball games in one day, or, you know, say you get knocked out right away and you're just like, well, that's not at all how I envisioned the season ending. So yep. Yeah, I'm going to table yeah, that me, one for me. All right. For me, given my picks, I would say the Braves would come out and then the Grasshoppers would come out. It would be my two picks. Old move. We've not had success in Wifflepalooza the last a few years, but uh, I'll, I'll try for you. If I end up there, Richard, I'm going to give it my best shot. I think you guys got it. I mean, you guys got eight men on your roster now, so that should help. Yeah, if I'm enjoying uh, the $10 all-you-can-drink Bloody Marys down at Wildcats, I don't need to rush back. I should have enough players that can just fill in for the next game for me, right? Well, maybe, right? <laughs> maybe the Rubber Ducks show up with the Bloody Mary bar and you don't even have to go anywhere. 
It's happened before. <laughs> Been all sorts of stuff at those. Yeah. Those uh, down at went back when it was at um, Sky Hill, not Sky Hill. Pilot knob. Pilot knob. Pilot yeah. knob. Yep. The good old knob. Does anybody have any closing thoughts before we close out, or before we end this one? No, it's just good to be back. It's good to see, you know, it. this feels like there's a light at the end of the tunnel now. Yeah, weather might be crummy this weekend, and we might have to push the start of the season back. But we've got our divisions. A lot of our snow has started to melt, so it, it feels like we might actually, you know, be able to go outside without coats and play some wiffle ball sooner than later. And for me, you know, the baby cakes are one of the lucky four teams that get to start on April 17th right away. So as far as I'm concerned, the snow can all just melt and uh, it can be April 17th tomorrow. Uh, One more thing. I just wanted to throw it out there as a plug uh, for Epstein. He's got his ALS tournament happening on June 3rd this year. That's uh, Saturday as usual. So um, you can pretty easily find the links out there. I highly recommend everyone listening to put together a team um, with your teammates, with strangers, with whomever, whatever um, level of wiffle balling they have. It's it's a good time and a good cause. So yep, and that tournament that is, is June third. All ages, all skill levels. It, it, it's a fun time. Yeah. It's not like you have to have three HRLers on your team. You can have your kids. You can have someone else's kids. You could have Just two don't be players creepy. like we did last year. <laughs> yes. Someone who doesn't understand commitments and calendars like face. Yes. <laughs> um, and it's all for a good cause. Yes, it's all for a great cause. And he's been running this for how many years now? I don't know for sure. I've played in it at least twice because I know it was it was kind of on a smaller level before. And quite a few years ago, I played um, oh, more than quite a few years ago. I don't think I had a kid, and my kid is seven years old now. So I, I played at some back park, and I was on Seuss's team okay. when I actually had to leave partway through. It must have been like five or six years ago. I think my kid was was around. So okay. And then when you get back. oh go, go for it no 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 I was just gonna say when you get to be over forty now apparently like not all your memories stick so I just remember I was there and I think that team won after I left and then I was gonna piggyback off of that saying that if you want to go to the Saints game for the HRL night uh, ticket packages is fifty dollars and we get food there we have our own little area out in the outfield. Not entirely sure the whole situation of where it's at, but uh, uh, I know that we're going to have just a sectioned off spot for the HRL. So this is kind of replacing what we did with the Twins games where we would get the tickets and then just like a lot of 20 of us would go out there or whatever. So it should be a good time. I'm not sure if there's anything special that's happening there, but it's a good way to... um, get out and enjoy more HRL stuff, especially for season 20, where we're trying to do a little bit more extra, make it, make the year a little bit more special for everybody. Um, so yeah, if you want to do that, check your emails. Cause I know that that got sent out. If you don't have that email, 
reach out to anybody who is basically the league brass. They should be able to point you in the right direction. Otherwise, Eddie Bauer was the one that kind of headed this project. So reach out to him as well if you want to do that. Yep, and the date on that is June 10th. Just saying, you know, June 10th for the the HRL out with the Saints. Nice. I thought we were playing the Saints. I thought they were going (laughs) to play us in wiffle ball. My bad. (laughs) Imagine. That would be amazing. They had a (laughs) wiffle ball night years and years ago, and they they found us and invited us out to the Midway Stadium, and we did a little home run derby before the game, Um, like five or six of us. And then we got to we got to stay and hang out at the game too, and That's awesome. it was pretty cool. Yeah. Got some bats. I still have a couple of the uh, the Saints bats that I use. Okay. That's awesome. So, yeah, yeah. And another like, thing um, is maybe we should yeah. get together beforehand. Maybe see if we can hit up a brewery or two for the HRL and make it a whole a whole day instead of just a ball game. Yeah, unfortunately, there's not quite so many breweries over in downtown St. Paul area as there used to be, but there are still a few, and there's a couple of them that are are quite good, yep. worth going to. Yeah. But anybody else have anything else? I do not. More. I want to thank you again, Pooh Bear, for joining us. It was yes, a pleasure. Thank you. And thanks for having me, guys. This is a lot of fun. No problem. And with that, let's hope for warmer weather, no snow, even though that's keeping our beers cold. Uh, and then football season's right around the corner, so uh, until next time. Thanks for listening.